You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. This podcast has been brought to you by Cuts by Candice. Candice Gist is a hairstylist that listens to your needs and will work with you to get the right look for you. With 18 years of experience, Candice is the premier stylist that I trust with my look. And right now, if you mention this ad, when you make an appointment from now until the end of February 2019 and give our promo code GEEKOUT, you will get 10% off your hair services. Follow Cuts by Candice on Facebook and Cuts underscore Candice on Instagram and start looking the best you, you can. The future comes and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geeks Watch for the geeks and all the geeks to come. Welcome back for another shift on the Geeks Watch. I am Mitch. With me as always is John. That's me. And our newest recruit. That's me. Steven. Steven. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. We had a very interesting episode of Castle Rock to talk about this week. And it sounds like we're going to get into some good discussion from it. It's episode nine of season one. But before we get to that, we have a lot of geek news to talk about because it seems like Hollywood came back from Christmas vacation with a vengeance with all the news to talk about. I agree. <laughs> they took the time off. They they came back full. They're all back after their like Fitzbo challenges. And they're <laughs> wait, ready. Wait, what's a Fitzbo challenge? The Fitzbur- like the fit inspiration. I don't know what that means. Right after, right after New Year's, you know, you get fat, eat all your food and whatnot, and then everyone hits the ground running into <laughs> their New Year's resolution. And that's why everybody's in the gym on January 2nd? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. First thing I wanted to talk about, I find this very interesting. So they have, there's uh, Jordan Peele is, is, is uh, producing a show for a limited series show for Amazon called The Hunt. It's going to be about... Uh, a guy who goes and essentially hunts down Nazis after World War II that are hiding, m- more than likely in South America, as we know they went to went to to do, and it's going to star Al Pacino, which I f- I don't think he's going to be playing the hunter. It doesn't really make sense to me, but if he yeah. is, then it, sh- it that's cool too. But uh, Al Pacino is definitely a movie actor. You I mean you think of Al Pacino, you think of movies, right? And I think, when I think of Al Pacino, now I think of Robert Mueller. Who's Robert Mueller? Wait, oh, really? The wait, isn't, I, isn't he playing him no, on Saturday Night Live? You're, you're thinking, thinking of, of uh, Robert De Niro. That's the one. Oh, is he so playing apparently Robert when I think Mueller of Al Pacino, I think of Robert De Niro. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, because you really like Heat. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the other Ben Stiller plays um, his lawyer, Cohen Michael Cohen. 
Yep. So they reenacted uh, Meet the Parents with a light detector and all that between the two of them. Oh, they did? <laughs> yeah. It's pretty good. If you okay. haven't seen their cold opens, they're actually pretty funny. That's fine. I have not watched any of SNL this season as well as the end of last season. I've just gotten Damn. so far behind. But I, they should all be on Hulu, so I'm going to go check them. They're on YouTube as well. Well, at least uh, some of the yeah. good bits are. Yeah, the good bits the are. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Al Pacino being a huge movie actor, I find this interesting because I think... This is kind of the direction that certain actors are going because unless you're making a big blockbuster movie that has to do with comic books or video games or some kind of IP at this point or some kind of sequel, um, your big movie stars are going to television series. Like you got Julia Roberts, who's also doing an Amazon show called um, Homecoming where she's playing a therapist at a VA hospital, I believe is what it is. But Sounds right. these are these are huge movie stars that are doing television because, you know, they don't really find themselves in those genre comic book movies. Well, I feel like we're also in a place where we're actually getting like a democratized media system now. So everyone's everyone has their money and everything like that. And they all want to make their cool projects, but they're getting a chance to make something that's hopefully a little bit different because it doesn't have to just have the same advertiser money behind it. Mm. And so I don't think that we can look at it the same as we have before where TV was TV and movies are movies. I mean, yeah, you're definitely right. Uh, that's not, that, that wouldn't be, uh, you know, yeah. TV is definitely in its quote unquote golden age where so much respect is given to them because people have so many options at home now to watch things that, and they love binging. So mm-hmm. it's just people are writing long form epic movies into 10 episode TV shows. And we're getting things that are that could possibly have before they would have been like, oh, well, I mean, we need this to be like an hour and a half. But instead, we're getting it for like eight episodes to 12 episodes or whatever limited series. And we get so much more content and so much more nuance. There you go. It's the binge era. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, all right. Next story is uh Margot Robbie or Margot Robbie depending on who you're ta- who's who's saying yeah. it uh is going to star in a live action Barbie movie that's finally going forward um when it was first conceived in 2009 they uh Amy Schumer was attached I believe or announced in 2016 that oh no 2016 that Amy Schumer was attached then in after Amy Schumer pulled out for scheduling conflicts they went out to Mindy Kaling and Anne Hathaway, and now it's over at uh, Margot Robbie. So they are definitely going for a bunch of different kind of looks, or that wasn't, you know, different style of actresses. And they, they if, if it goes forward with Margot Robbie, I would say she's probably the one that's most traditionally the way that looks, that, that Barbie looked in the, in the past. So pretty much. What, I mean... What do you think they're going to try and do with this movie? I mean, I the, is, if it's going to be live action, I mean, it's what does Barbie do? There is no real story for Barbie other than, uh, you know, just she can be anything, I guess. Well, mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I think that the what they've definitely done in the last three decades with Barbie is try to make it so that she's... Uh, more of a female empowerment figure that she can be anything. So I would assume that the movie would follow that. It's not going to be yeah. like, ooh, look at me in my dream house and my, you know, 
Cor- uh, was it topless Corvette or yeah? On and an Malibu Stacy kind of Malibu <laughs> Stacy. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's yeah, definitely don't know what the movie could be about. I would assume that it's going to be about Margot Robbie having to or as Barbie's going to be starting over or figuring out what she wants to do with her life or something like that. I mean, she's obviously too too old to be playing like someone that's trying to figure out what to do with their life as a teenager or a college student or something like that. See, I've always considered the uh, the Legally Blonde series to be like an unofficial Barbie movie. Because that's essentially like... I get what you mean. Yeah, you know, like it's a stretch, but it's there. It's essentially no. a Barbie story. You know, you I mean, I'll take it. <laughs> pretty blonde girl that's a hairdresser that goes on to become a lawyer. I don't think she's a hairdresser. What was she? Fitness? She, no, or? she was just a student. And then when she found out the guy she liked was going to go to law school and marry some ugly person. Oh, she her was friend like, works as a hairdresser. Yes. That's what it was. Yeah, yes. that's what it was. Okay. And she spent a lot of time at the hair salon. Yeah, okay. But she just she just was like, well, I can study. I can do whatever I want. And, I, and, and she becomes a lawyer, which I think is a great thing. It's unfortunate that she's doing it to get a dude. But then by the end of the movie, she figures out that she doesn't need the dude. So that's that's the good thing. Bam, Barbie right there. I mean, that's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a good good story uh I, I wouldn't say it was a good movie though but um yeah i i th- had i don't know what could come of this movie i don't know if they're gonna try and do a mattel uh expanded universe kind of thing or not but a barbie movie could be in the works i mean is it gonna be rated r no i think the the fact that it is a mattel license because i forgot about that Actually gives it way more of a chance of it happening because they're they're going hard on their licenses. I forgot about that. <laughs> you think they might cross over with He Man? I mean, dude, I don't see why not. Is He Man <laughs> Mattel? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. He Man. Uh, what's it? Hot Wheels. There's a few different properties. I think did, did they pick up Power Rangers or who is it? No, that was Hasbro. Hasbro. Yeah. Yeah. So they got it from Bandai. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. there was the, the Has- U.S. stuff. Is it the Hasbro All Spark? universe that they're oh, trying yeah, to create over right. there if that's what they're calling it that's amazing because it's going to be <laughs> centered around transformers because it. it should be transformers gi joe power rangers all together and i will finally watch all of their movies <laughs> see the all spark should be the one thing that kind of joins all these separate universes together and then at some point it bridges the gap to like the, the, the separate continuities that'd be perfect and we, we've seen the, the 1986 Transformers movie. They can do whatever they want with Transformers, and it doesn't <laughs> fucking matter. Yeah, you can have a planet made of junk and <laughs> shark What's robots. What I, I loved about that movie is it, it, it posits a universe that every other planet out there is a bunch of, uh, you know organic metal Transformers instead of except for Earth. Earth is the only one that has humans. It's the outlier. What? What did they, they weren't made in the image of God. We were. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so with that, we go to Dune. Now, I know the two of you are both Dune fans. Mm-hmm. Well, John, John likes Star Wars. I don't know if that counts. <laughs> hey, I'm just, kidding. just kidding. I have a bone to pick with him. Okay. Well, <laughs> Denny Villeneuve is making the Dune reboot movie. Uh, as of right now, I know that the one, the first movie is going to be the first half of the first book or something like that. So I assume that he's a, he's on board for at least two movies. But we've gotten some casting news. We have Dave De- Dave Batista joins the the movie as uh, wait. Do you know who it is he's playing? 
here. John, I don't think it's been announced who he is playing yet. I yeah, know he's that playing Stellan Skarsgård's son. So Stellan Skarsgård's playing oh, um, in something with an Har- H. Harkonnen, I believe. Harkonnen, yeah. So he's playing his son. Interesting. Uh, I okay. believe that's supposed to be the character played by Sting in the original. I don't think that's true. Then I can't remember his name. <laughs> Scroll back up a little bit. Okay, so... Uh, well, Timothy Chalamet, we already know, is going to be playing Craxies. Is that right? Atreides. Or, Atreides, sorry. I have no idea about Dune. You guys <laughs> should have been re- reading this article. What, what do you mean? You're not a massive Dune fan? On the planet of Arrakis, where they get the spice melange, Mitch. Come on. Right, yeah. <laughs> All those things. I watched the movie like twice in my life. Once was probably la- within the last... Ooh, 10 years <laughs> it's still not fresh in your it's mind it's not fresh in my mind it, it, it that movie is so boring to me Concise <laughs> narrative there's never there's never anything confusing happening <laughs> never ever <laughs> i still recommend you watch the uh jodorowsky's dune documentary that thing is mm-hmm. unbelievable okay well it's good that is a very good documentary yeah anyways that was the other casting news Stellan Sarsgaard is going to be coming in and playing uh harkonnen so with those two casting announcements, how do you feel? Good. I'm intrigued. I, I gain nothing. Nothing. Uh, like I, I'm not more or less excited. Oh, okay. uh, I do think that Dave Bautista is a better actor than he normally would be perceived as being. Well, in 2049, he sold me. Well, and see, and that was Denny Villeneuve as well. So uh-huh. obviously, Denny saw something in him in 2049. It was like. Uh, fuck yeah, I'm bringing him back. So yeah, now, on a scale of actor uh, wrestlers turned actors, where would you put Bautista between like The Rock and Rowdy Roddy Piper? <laughs> Wait, is Rowdy Roddy Piper at the bottom of the list? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I don't. I don't know who's at the bottom because both of them have some real stinkers. Um, <laughs> but I love They Live, so I'm gonna put him over there towards towards Rowdy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how can you say that? Like All Jimmy right. Superfly right. Snooker was in main event. That was pretty bad. How about Kane then? What did he do? Jesus. Oh, he did that that terrible Christmas movie, right? Uh, Christmas horror movie. I that was a Halloween, but yeah. No, I think it's a Christmas movie. Oh, anything he's touched has been bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would say Dave Bautista is definitely up there with Cena and um, The Rock at this point. Like, I li- honestly, I think Hogan's probably the worst. Like, because all the movies he's he's done are are just pretty terrible. He's just being himself. Yeah, and. He, he, I mean, though he blazed the way for like The Rock to come out and be The yeah. Rock in yeah. in movies, but yeah, they're all pretty but did, bad. But did, was he the one who blazed the, the trail for The Rock to be The Rock, or was that realistically Arnold Schwarzenegger? Well, he definitely followed Schwarzenegger's career, but like the fact that a, a wrestler came, or someone, uh, an athlete, quote unquote athlete, came from the wrestling venue into films is. I think was that, I mean by. that one would be Hulk Hogan. Yeah, I just feel like he's definitely tracked more with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Than, oh yeah, this than point, Hulk Hogan. Yeah, because yeah. like, if you look at it, like he did the same thing where he went he went straight into action movies and then and then did the family friendly movies and then went straight into the action movie or went back into <clears> the action movies and that's exactly what Schwarzenegger did Actually, with like Junior. The Rock's first movie wasn't it Get Shorty? I don't think that was his. first first movie was that his first movie i want to say it was yeah i'm not i'm not too sure about that that's but where they tested know. him I'll out check. i i just think that i i feel like he 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 was no scorpion king was his first scorpion or no king, uh yeah. uh mummy 2 would have been his first movie then <laughs> scorpion king i want to say God, that was a, a real specific one to have done <laughs> 
And then in oh man, in, I don't think he said a word of English in that movie. In the Mummy, yeah, the Mummy Returns, Mummy Two, the Mummy yeah. Returns, or whatever. Yeah, he and it's he's all CGI. Like that was like horrible. Yeah, it was pretty Did, bad. Did anyone else remember that Hercules happened? I just got an image of that. I oh, forgot yeah. that was. I thing. unfortunately always remember that Hercules happened. <laughs> and, uh, Weren't there two Hercules movies that summer? Yes, it was him and the dude from Twilight. Um, one of the dudes from Twilight. What? Yeah, I forget. It sounds familiar. I forget what his name is, but he, that one went with the more traditional Hercules uh, as the myth, whereas uh, the Rock's Hercules was like, oh, my, me and my friends kind of create a myth around us by oh, yeah, tall tales. Yeah, style. exactly. Mm-hmm. So uh, enough about Hercules. Yeah, Dave Batista. <laughs> Dave Batista and Stellan Skarsgård. Uh, I, I mean. If nothing else, I'm excited about the the director. I'm excited about these actors. I will see it, even though I'm not excited about the story. <laughs> That's fair. I, I'll, I'll follow Denny Villeneuve pretty much anywhere right now. Yeah, yeah. It, you're gonna have to just let it flow over you and try not to make sense of it. Just enjoy <clears throat> the experience. Flow over you. I, I caught that. I, I remember that from the movie. You didn't try to get it past me. <laughs> uh, all right. Talking about terrible movies that are <laughs> getting sequels, Venom. Venom made all the money just before Christmas. You know, just before Aquaman came out, Venom made all the money. <laughs> they didn't get my money. Well, that's... I already gave my my money to Cyberpunk Venom. Oh yes, well that was the better Venom, yeah. but it didn't get the recognition. No. So Venom is getting a sequel at Sony, but they are, or so the writer Kelly Marcel is coming back to script the sequel. But uh, as of right now, Ruben Fleischer has not signed on to do the sequel. I believe he's set on doing Zombieland 2 right now. So that's why mm. he's not signed on, which is also a Sony picture. So I, I can still see that they, you know, they'll work it out. But how does both, so you didn't see Venom at all? Steven, and you did. I did, unfortunately. So, how do you feel about (laughs) a a part two? Um, it's if it's gonna be more of the same, I am not thrilled for it. I think it's stupid, and (laughs) it's gonna probably make a lot of money because now you're gonna have fan favorite Carnage in it. So, do do we think this will cross over with the other spinoff movies? I I honestly I don't I think the only reason that it didn't show up in Spider Verse was because they didn't know that it was going to do as well as it did. If, well, I don't mean Spider Verse. Um, oh, I, I mean for the uh, the Morbius film. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I, I would I would assume so since they haven't started filming that yet. Um, to my knowledge, I I couldn't I couldn't see why not. Is I, I it might be as something as small as. Uh, a one of, in the background. Well, one of Eddie Brock's quote unquote Eddie Brock's um exposes maybe being in the background somewhere or something like that. But then it could be very much that Eddie Brock shows up at the very end to be like, So you think you're the only one with superpowers in this world? Well, let me tell no, you no. about that. He, he, would, he wouldn't say it like that. I've seen the trailers. So I you think you're the only one who's special, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's the spider initiative. I have actually, yes, I have a, I have a theory about that. I bet you we're going to get a reverse Sinister Six. Holy shit. Where they're going to introduce all the villains first as anti-heroes or whatever. And then at their big like adventure-style movie is they're going to go hunt after the Man-Spider. And it's going <laughs> to be Peter Parker already mutated with like the extra arms and 
Uh, so you're going with the completely different universe altogether. Yes. It's not yes. going to be a Tom Holland. This universe. isn't going to be that at all. Because no. I have heard rumors that they were going to bring Tom Holland into their Sony Spider-Verse now. I'll watch it. They got I, me. I just don't see how it would fit. I mean, why would Brock have any hatred towards Spider-Man if like... Oh, I didn't. I don't say that they're going to have any hatred, but I, I just... I don't know. It could be. I mean, he could still be the, the reason why he got fired from the Daily Bugle because he talks about he got fired from his last job. Or maybe he hasn't worked there yet. Like they're gonna, he's gonna show up and already have the symbiote and everything. Yeah. And, and then maybe the symbiote is like, oh no, that dude over there is much cooler and jumps off of Eddie. And oh uh, yeah, and then Eddie, it's, I like him. <laughs> <laughs> and then by the end of the movie, he comes back. Oh man, if they make Tom Holland make out with Tom Hardy. As Venom, I, I could the, see it happening. I, I, me too, which is why I'm worried. <laughs> uh, well, you already brought it up a little bit. Jared Leto's uh, Morbius movie is supposed to is is scheduled to wrap filming in May. I, it hasn't even started filming yet, but they know when it's going to stop filming. So, no matter what happens, they're going to stop. <laughs> so it's interesting. I, I think that how much time they're spending on the shooting with him not having started yet, and then having that close of a like an end date. I feel like that means that the story is pretty grounded to me. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty locked, do you mean? Or what do you mean by grounded? Like, like, like it's not going to be super crazy. Like, they're uh, not going to jump okay. across, like, rooftops and stuff. I don't know. Like, what would you see for a Morbius movie? Like, what kind of style, like, what kind of story style do you, do you, do you think it would be a traditional, like, uh, action comic book movie? Or are we talking about maybe a little bit Blade. more, more like Blade? Constantine, Blade. Okay. I'm hoping more like Kronos. That to me would be really grounded. Like Kronos hmm. from uh, like Gamble David Toro? Lynch? Oh, wait. Guillermo del Toro, yeah. Guillermo del Toro, sorry. It's basically a vampire story, but kind of sad and slow paced and tragic. Oh. oh it's well, entirely possible. I Lean can... into the idea of who Michael Morbius was versus the, the person he's become now. I yeah. Could, I could definitely see Jared Leto playing <laughs> that kind of character. <laughs> sad, so. and, sad and mopey. I just I I don't want him to do anything anymore. I was so mad. Like the thing that I was most worried about in Blade Runner when they announced that he was in it or whatever <laughs> was that he was going to be a big part. Him being there at all, I, I hated. But, but he wasn't a big part. How how little of the movie he was in made me so much happier. Same thing happened with Suicide Squad. Apparently, they filmed a whole <laughs> bunch of stuff that they just cut out. <laughs> well, I feel I just, just get it, get him out of there. This guy's fucking <laughs> weird, man. <laughs> Well, I feel like that's, you know, that's, uh, uh, oh, where was going to go? I don't remember anymore, but it's okay. <laughs> you know, it's just going to be Jared Leto doing his best Lestat-like impression. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> and, you know, trying to be sexy. I don't know. It. it I feel like Jared Leto kind of plays the same kind of character all the time, even if it's different shades of it. So, mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Is he going to be like an anti-hero? Is he going to be a straight-up hero? I don't know. Is is someone going to be chasing him? Is Blade going to be chasing him? I don't think so because Marvel, I believe, Marvel Studios has right. They, the they hold on to Blade. Blade. Yeah, Blade so. is theirs. Uh, and I then just, I, I I don't know. I'm just waiting for when they're like, oh yeah, no, and his dad in the movie is actually Johnny Depp. Whoa. <laughs> What? That's I don't know. It's too much, too much androgyny on one screen. <laughs> uh, and then, 
coming off of Spider-Verse over there at Sony, they are talking about doing some spin-off TV shows from Enter the Spider-Verse. Most most likely a uh, Spider-Ham TV show. Oh, is that really a, a part of what they're talking about? Yeah. I mean, I could see it. I can see Penny Parker as being a show, and I could see Spider-Ham as being a show. Why couldn't they make Spider-Man 2099 a show? Mm-hmm. I think they're definitely saving 2099 for the sequel. That's fair. He he was the part at the end. Yeah. So I don't know. I just I hope they don't water down what it is right now to a point where no one gives a shit for the next thing. I I uh, I don't think that will. As long as like you keep a lot of the same creatives, I feel like they won't water it down. I feel like they'll keep they'll keep uh keep strong. Well, I, I don't even I don't even mean like the actual substance because i think who whatever they do for the next couple movies like i think they're gonna do something strong i think public opinion can get watered down like oh uh, i know yeah that's true but you know like even this movie itself should be doing a lot better than it's doing it's doing mm-hmm. well in the box office but it should be getting a lot more recognition than it did even though it did just win uh golden globe last week like we talked about mm-hmm. but i feel like audiences in general still think of animated movies as just that it's it's kids animated movies even though this is much more than just a kid's film um, yeah i mean that, that's what we've done in the u.s we've made animation just a kid's thing yeah. you guys are all jerks for it <laughs> I, well i'm part of that we so. need another fritz the cat <laughs> more heavy <laughs> well, metal we, yes we, we see we, we've had those things but those things aren't successful like and what was it, the the one with this was it sausage party or whatever oh, yeah. that was true. an adult feature that was definitely and no one adult. went and watched it except for parents with their kids who thought it was <laughs> for not- some reason <laughs> they didn't see that it was rated r <laughs> yeah i don't understand these people we have bojack horseman and all these different things on netflix i feel like people should get the idea by now yeah well, see, I think that's also the other thing because you yeah, have BoJack Horseman and, and, and Rick, Rick and Morty, and Morty. Is, are definitely things that you watch in your home and you you can be like, oh, well, and, or Archer, you know, those are things that are like, mm-hmm. okay, well, it's my it's my thing to me and I, I keep it a secret from everybody else. Even though everybody's watching these shows, like we, we treat it like it's like, a secret. I don't feel like anyone treats watching BoJack Horseman, Archer or any of Bob's Burgers, any of those things as being like like a lesser thing every motherfucker who watches that show tries to convince me to watch it <laughs> well i also figure like we live in a certain type of bubble too i guess it's true uh because i feel like the the general people the general audience people still think of car- like we we're saying cartoons are for kids so if yeah. you're watch as you're an adult and you're watching it you keep it to yourself i'll fight them okay you you, you throw those hands yeah uh but if they do it, I can see Spider-Ham with John Mulaney's voice as being like little shorts that they do, like maybe 15-minute ones here and there on whatever channel that they have or they put it on. Penny Parker, the same. I But I can probably see like a Penny Parker, like full 30-minute cartoon TV show. You know, she was my least favorite part of the movie. But I feel like they, they just didn't give her enough time to breathe. Like, you know, she, think- she doesn't have the comedy uh, lines like, spider-ham does or even spider-man noir or the prestige of having nicholas cage do the voice of spider-man noir the prestige what this, this, this is purple <laughs> look <laughs> I, I just, i'm not saying that i I, like, I, I don't i'm not saying i love nicholas cage but like he his name brings a certain thing to the project yeah, yeah. It's, it's got way to it for sure yeah I, I i think penny parker they kind of i love penny parker I thought that was a great movie. Penny Parker was the weakest adaptation of their original character. Is it because they tried to make her diva? 
I mean, that was definitely a part of the problem. Yeah. But even her animation, I don't think that they nailed. And that that's crazy to me on this team that did so much for so many other things. Yeah. No, I get, I get it. I get that. They definitely were going for a very stereotypical look for, for anime. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what they gave gave us instead of what she kind of looks like in her in the book. Well, even past that, like she doesn't look like an anime character. She looks like those like those like very very much a Western art style right. artist. Oh, like Ruby, who's like how to draw anime <laughs> drawing book. Like was it Christopher Hart? I think is the guy who writes all those how to draw books. Yeah, yeah. So I I, 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 I get it. I I get what you're saying. I just I don't know. Uh, okay. You, Stephen, came up or showed up this uh, little Kutaku article about uh, The Last of Us and What Still Remains posters. Oh, that was a cool one. I thought it was a very interesting story that came out this week because the, the two posters are obviously very much the same. Mm-hmm. As an artist, what do, you, what do you have to say about that? Uh, I mean, they, they say that... Uh, what is it? Imitation is the purest form of flattery, <laughs> but also like uh, I'd be way happier if you guys made your own images. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like I think that we have plenty of things like this now where this stuff is happening, and just like anything happening in the news or whatever, we get to find out about it way more because we're all interconnected. See. Like the things with those solo posters and everything that happened a while oh, back. Oh, I remember about that. In yeah. Reality, they didn't steal it off of uh, what was it? The the other one, Last of Us. Yeah, it looks actually the same as i am legend too i mean i am legend definitely has the same so does uh inception it has the 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 perspective leaning buildings yeah leaning buildings and all that stuff so i mean oh it's it's a yellow taxi cab on the lower left hand corner of the screen (laughs) (laughs) because how better to depict a a city that's being overgrown than a yellow taxi cab (laughs) i and, and you're right it's 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 a very simple image and and you can definitely go through movie posters of all types to see oh, yeah. the same thing over and over but it's just it, it it was funny to see that this brought i mean especially since last of us and what what still remains both have a a male and female protagonist kind of thing i feel like we've gotten the last of us ripped off in a million different ways what was the the movie with arnold schwarzenegger where his kid was a zombie or uh, whatever uh, maggie maggie yeah, yeah. And that, that was just basically the last of us. See, I don't I mean I don't know what ha- what I don't understand. Why is that the last of us? So the whole thing for that is supposed to be um it, it's the it's right now there's this this thing where people are basically all doing lone wolf and cub. Right. Essentially. Right. And that's another one of those. Um and for for that one, his characters like this like plaid shirt wearing rolled up sleeve having ass dude, <laughs> where his daughter has something to do with zombies and what? she's a zombie. Yeah, she's, she's a, a zombie. zombie. Oh, and that, that's that's the thing for The Last of Us. So the spoilers for a 2013 game or whatever. The, the girl um, in The Last of Us is a zombie. She so oh, she's, she's like the cure for the stuff. Oh. She has the virus, but it's not a problem for her. Did not know that. Yeah, have not played that game. Well, it's not very true. good I, game. I played the op- the cold open for that game, and I was like, okay, I, I played it. Now I'm done. Yeah, dude, honestly, <laughs> I did the exact same thing. I was just like, I'm good. I got a full narrative. <laughs> I'm great. <laughs> Uh, all right, Netflix. Netflix has an animated anthology series from David Fincher and Tim Miller coming out. It's called Love, Death, and Robots, an animated anthology series of shorts will span uh, the genres from science fiction and fantasy to horror and comedy, while also presenting a variety of animation formats from traditional 2D to photoreal 3D CGI. Each me- segment will be 5 to 15 minutes long and is aimed at, as, at adults and will be created 
by different teams of filmmakers from around the world. This has a very Animatrix vibe to it, just based on the concept art that they're showing there. Yeah, one of those is Hitler with naked ladies around him. Yeah, it looks like <laughs> I see weird boobs. But, um, I mean, David Fincher is one of my favorite directors, Same. for sure. Tim Miller, not as much, but I still like him. So, I mean, if this is from them, I can only imagine their the kind of stories that they're willing to bring forth. I mean, they do really like solid work. So I can't think of anything other than Deadpool at the moment for Tim Miller. Yeah, uh, didn't is is he not one of the people who worked on Lego Movie? No, you're no. thinking Lord and Miller. Those are two other dudes. Yeah, that's Chris Miller. And, yeah, Chris Miller. And uh, so we got he's working on a Terminator movie. That's the right. Goon, he is doing the new Terminator. A movie. Gentleman's Duel. But he hasn't anything out, right? Not since since Deadpool. Uh, the Goon was 2011. Isn't The Goon... That's an adaptation of a comic. Is it that Goon or is it The Goon with uh, Sean William Scott about hockey? It's. I don't believe it's that one. Okay. No, no, no. It's The Goon. Yeah, yeah. And that was actually CG, it looks like. Okay. Interesting. Well, that's where he started. He started in uh, CG art. and Yeah. That, it looks like he did um, some go, one of those like terrible over-the-garden wall. Not over the garden wall. Oh, um, the gnome or no? Like th- those kinds of movies. Think hundred yeah. percent that okay. one called Gopher Broke from two thousand four. <laughs> gopher, like Gopher, Gopher. No. But he also made that 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 animated short of Deadpool that was the test footage that, and that got leaked, mm-hmm. quote unquote leaked. So yeah, leaked. Yeah. Now the company that did that, well, the actual studio that did that animation uh, also did. They redid a lot of the CGI for. Halo One and Two, the remastered versions. So, oh, for the the Master Chief Collection. Yes, I believe okay. it was. Uh, I forget their name. Were they Retro Studios, something like that? They um they redid the animac the uh, cinematics, I believe, for Halo mm-hmm. One Anniversary and Halo Two as well. And they look really really cool. It almost doesn't fit the rest of the games because even though the games got an <laughs> upgrade, also. This is like movie quality CGI, and then the games just get like a nice bump in like ref- like refresh rate. But yeah, yeah, uh, you'd like you still have the the super low polys. Yeah, in, in a few spots, yeah, because those are like fifteen, almost twenty year old games now. Mm-hmm. No, I'm 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 interested. Um, I I have since changed my mind on this one since we just talked about the other thing for animation. Um, <laughs> more adult anima- animation things, the better. Yes, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Uh, you know, why isn't something happening with heavy metal? Didn't I hear something was supposed to happen with heavy metal? Didn't anybody remember I, that? I, I think say... they overvalued their license and they're not willing to part ways with it. Oh, okay. I want to say Robert Rodriguez was involved at one point. Oh. That makes sense. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. That'd be right up his alley. <laughs> <laughs> that like is his alley. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> uh, okay. So still talking, talking about animation, which I also think that the the Warner Brothers animated movies that are super, that DC animated movies are on definitely on the adult side because mm-hmm. they always have something that's risque in it now. Yeah, uh, even if they have to add it in when it's not in the original narrative, it, it's no. not necessary at all whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, we have uh, Superman Red being reportedly uh, thrown out there, and also um, Batman: The Long Halloween into a two part movie. Now, Superman Red is definitely something that they've been people have been wanting for a very long time. It was a great trade. I liked it. Is it just called Superman Red? Oh, I'm sorry, Superman Red, Red Sun. Sun. Sorry, oh. I kept saying yeah. that. I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna correct you, but the internet might. So <laughs> good on you, John. 
Well, and then Diedrich Bader was the one that, tw- or he confirmed at sorts that Revenge of the Fans uh, tweeted it out, saying that uh, uh, Red Sun is happening, casting details. Another iconic DC book is is getting a animated film. It will feature the talents of Diedrich Bader, Jason Foley, and Tara Strong. Um, Wait, a th- an animated thing that has Tara Strong doing a voice in it? Can't believe what? it. What? Especially a DC thing? Goodness. <laughs> no idea who she'd be playing. Maybe she'll be doing like the, the Wonder Woman from Red Sun. She'll play like 40 people in one movie. She probably will. You're, you're absolutely right. <laughs> and Do they have a, uh, a I'm Red guessing... Sun counterpart of like Joker and Harley Quinn? Not that I remember. Joker could be like a Rasputin-like character in this one and... Yeah, you, yeah, I don't know. I, oh, I don't know. Charlie Quinn could be like Anastasia. <laughs> Ooh, and like, and then they could just, they could have someone else play the little bat. Oh, hey there. <laughs> Does anybody know who Jason Folly's Folly is? I have no idea. That name doesn't sound familiar. Yeah. So I got nothing. Diedrich Bader. I, I remember him from the Drew Carey show. I don't know who he'd be doing the voice for unless it's Superman himself. But he did say really excited to be part of this on his tweet when he, he could also be the. The Russian hat wearing Batman. He could be the, which would make sense because he was also Batman in Brave and the Bold animated series. Ah, well, there you go. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, honestly, that that makes the most sense. He's been doing a bunch of voice acting. Once oh, I saw yeah. his face, I put yeah. that together. As long as at one point he says, Ooh, what a lovely tea party. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like, uh, no, there's nothing on here for it yet. I was going to see if there was any confirmed things for him, but no, there's nothing right now. And I don't know if there's any confirmed, um, Voice act. Oh yeah, there looks like there might be some voice actors already there for uh, Long Halloween. We got Troy Baker as the voice of the Joker. Of the Joker, Jensen. Yeah, Jensen Ackles. He's, he's Mark Hamill's understudy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jensen Ackles, Naya Rivera, Titus Williver, uh, David Dasmalchin, which you would know from the, the Dark Knight, the Dark Knight, and Ant-Man. also Ant Man and Ant Man in the Wasp, and also some Wendy's commercials. Really. Yes. Yeah. Huh. And Gotham. He was also in Gotham. Interesting. Yeah. People getting around. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I mean, I think The Long Halloween is definitely another big Batman story that I'm not surprised that they'd be adapting. Well, that's one that was rumored for a long time. Uh, and recently. So, you know, you can kind of like track what's going to get adapted by what ends up in like the big box kind of stores. Right. Uh, Barnes and Noble around here just got this big old thing, this big old chunk of stuff uh, for the Long Halloween. That's um, that are like the actual novelization, the graphic novel stuff, and then a couple other odds and ends for it. Wow. So, I think they're trying to like get people's attention back on that one and remember, like, oh, this is a thing. Hmm. So, so I would say that Jensen Eccles is probably going to play Bruce Batman in this, and then Naya Rivera would probably be playing Catwoman. I, I don't know. I don't know either of them very well. Jensen Eccles, I mean, he already did the voice of Jason Todd in the Under the Red Hood animated. That was a very good one. It was. Or it was a very you, good one. Okay, good. And then Naya Rivera, I mean, most people... Oh, it does say Selena Kyle right there. Huh. Oh, it says Jason... He says Jensen Eccles will be playing Harvey Dent. Wow. Oh, That's okay. Huh. He's always going to play morally confused people? I guess so. <laughs> Uh, He's got morally ambiguous in his voice. He just nails it. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that says my gut. My gut tells me he'd be perfect for the young, conflicted Harvey Dent. So this guy's making guesses. 
I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyways, uh, Naya Rivera is from Glee. Biggest role for her was Glee. Oh, she was the Mexican one? Yeah, the Hispanic. (laughs) I don't know if she she was Mexican or not. I think she was supposed to be because she got offended at La Cucaracha once. Okay. I don't remember. I don't know why I know that. <laughs> no, no, that, that that's okay. <laughs> I, listen, man, I have I have the first season of the Jonas Brothers TV show on DVD. So they had a TV show. Yeah, they did, and it was great. <laughs> I can I, I I honestly the only thing I ever really know about the Jonas Brothers is that Nick Jonas was in a couple of shows that I really liked, like The Kingdom. But I know mm-hmm. that Joe Jonas became part of DNCA or DNCE or whatever. That, that's like that's like his thing. Okay. Yeah. I have no idea but what yeah, the third brother's name is. Nick Jonas also had an album that he put out with uh, Nick Jonas and the Administration, which is basically just a John Mayer album. It's very good. <laughs> Everyone should listen to it. Wait, John Mayer and really good in the same sentence does not compute. How dare you, sir? <laughs> That's a lot of information coming my way at one moment. Uh, all right. Still talking about animated stuff. There is an animated yes. Mortal Kombat movie reportedly in the works, and there is possible casting of Joe, Joel McHale and Jennifer Carpenter for the for roles in this. I don't know. I mean, Joel McHale. I mean, I guess he could do the voice of Johnny Cage. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of like white characters he could be playing, and then, <laughs> and then you'd have Jennifer Carpenter Carpenter as the voice of Sonya Blade. Assuming that's how they're going with it, yeah. I mean, there's, you know, in all honesty, though, like, besides the first movie, which somehow got by by being just kind of decent. Um, yeah, but it's like the most decent video game to movie adaptation there's out there. Yeah, but it, the VAR is very low still oh. to this day. Hey, when something's low and you do well. <laughs> but it, it, I feel like I'd even put up the last, like, the uh, Alicia Vikander, Vikander, how are we supposed uh, to say her Tomb name? Tomb Raider. Yeah, Alicia yeah I, I'd put that one up against that Mortal Kombat movie. It's better than that, and that's not even a good movie. <laughs> I'm just saying, like the Mortal I think the Kombat... first Resident Evil is a great movie, but that's it's not a good adaptation, but it's a great movie. Oh, well, I mean, I'll go for it's that one. it's fun popcorn fare, yeah. But as if we're talking adaptations, yeah, that's where they kind of go wrong because, like, Super Mario Brothers is a fantastic movie if you want to watch a train wreck occur on screen. But it's so it's far true. removed from the source material that's like it could be called anything. <laughs> and it wouldn't make a difference. That's true. That's that's how exactly how I feel about that uh Walking Phoenix Joker movie that's coming out. It's so <laughs> far away that you could have called it Crazy Dude that Robs Banks and it would have been fine. Well, but, and just But like isn't that different though? Cuz at the end of the day comic books are like it, it's it's people playing with other people's toys. Yeah, but I feel like the Joker is always going to have the same tone throughout the whole thing. Like anytime someone writes the Joker, it's always going to have the same tone. You're not going to it's not going to be, "Hey, he's the the lost son of Thomas Wayne and he's really out for revenge because he never he never acknowledged him as a son." Kind yeah, of that thing. That was Bane. Well, that they tried to do that with <laughs> Bane at one point, but I just think that it, it, I don't know. It, that Going back to video games as un- adapted to movies, yeah, it, you you have so much more story to tell in video game, or so much more time to tell the story in video games that the ad- adaptation never comes out right. Yeah, I agree with that one. And again, I think it's just a lot to do with uh, the whole choose your own adventure aspect of video games that you can have different characters, what be the focus and different outcomes, and the movie only has one. So true, but I feel like that that's only a, that's a more recent thing with video games. 
Like you, when you played Mega Man back in the day, you you were just Mega Man, and you you, you didn't. I mean, you didn't get the story of what Roxy or Zero. or like or like, ba- like base and and all those characters. You mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's fair. I I want to know what happened to Rush. You know, <laughs> I just wanna, what where did he go in his little doggy travels? Right. See. No, there, there was a thing that you said right now, John. This was a story that we didn't talk about actually, but I wanted to bring it up real quick. Did you guys see that the company that's actually responsible for the Choose Your Own Adventure books from like the '80s and everything? They are actually trying to sue Netflix for Bandersnatch. Yeah, we we were talking about that before we started recording. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, can you really sue for that? I, because they use the specific phrase "Choose Your Own Adventure," I think that they have like a little bit of a thing to it. And Netflix had been trying to uh, like go through like negotiations with them to actually adapt the Choose Your Own Adventure books. Now that's why I was asking John: Did they do they ever actually say Choose Your Own Adventure in the show, or they is did. it just in? The, they did. Yeah, one one character says like it's like one of those Choose Your Own Adventure things. Oh, okay. uh, that's right. Yeah, specifically. So it's kind of like a situation where it's like, ah, well, I mean, we'd really like to have gotten Steven Tyler on this track, but we got someone else that, that like, we got this guy named Tyler Stevens, <laughs> you know, and, and we, we called the song like, like Aerosmith or like an A-I-R-O, you know, and it's like, well, come on, you can't do it after so I say no. It's, it's like those direct-to-video Transmorphers movies type things. <laughs> the Mockbusters. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean... They do make those, though. They make the Grim Avengers or Atlantic Those are drastically different, though. Like, drastically, brutally different. The whole thing for the Choose Your Own Adventure thing is just the the core concept of choosing your own path. That's what they're getting at them about, which I think is tenuous legal grounds at best. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you can have a monopoly on that kind of idea. I mean, plots, baby, but... I would definitely say that that if you... uh, Or if you choose your own adventure, whoever owns that... IP or whatever, you might be getting a boost in sales right now because of Bandersnatch, but... Agreed. And maybe maybe even this lawsuit is just another way to be like, hey, it doesn't matter. Just keep our name in the in the, in the the limelight. Mm-hmm. And we know it's not going to go anywhere. Frivolous- Realistically, they, they, should, they should just have sold their stuff to Netflix and then they should have made like podcast adaptations or something that you play with your Google Home. That's what they should do. Oh, that'd been crazy. But they're not going to do that. You should, we should develop one for virtual reality. Virtual Ooh. reality. <laughs> the VR troopers joke. That's a the the, the people that's gonna hit is about two people. <laughs> well, for you two people, enjoy. <laughs> I'm one of the two people. Oh well, for that's you the, the worst part. For that one person, <laughs> you think Joey Lawrence might be listening? <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez, was he? Was that Joey? I Whoa. thought he was the Cyber Squad one. Oh Sam yeah, Ray Cyber Squad. About- the craziest thing for that one is that they they just did a new anime series. It's Gridman uh, SSSS. Oh, I'm and that's what VR that is. Troopers, Superhuman Cy- Samurai Cyber Squad. They just had a new anime for it. Wow. No, <laughs> he's in VR Troopers. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's what the original one was. Uh, okay, Stephen, you brought this one up. Bungie splits with Activision but gets to keep the rights to Destiny. How Indeed. do you think they, how do you John, think they pull you, that one off? You are a person who loves Bungie. And Bungie products. Well, at least uh, old Bungie products. I How did do you feel? until they left me. Um, <laughs> I think it's good. I think Bungie uh, did their best work when they were independent and working under first Microsoft and then Activision. Um, I think the corporate world was like not something they were suited for. 
Like they overwrote them on a lot of things. They stuck their hand in their creative juices a little too much. And we ended up with a lot of problems. Like they ended up firing their longtime composer, Marty O'Donnell. Yeah. uh, Shortly after the merger with Activision. And that was kind of a big mess. And they got, they got a, who is one of the Beatles. Fuck. I forget his name right now. I feel bad. George Harrison. No. Ringo. No. Paul McCartney? That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got Paul McCartney to do music for Destiny, so there's that. They did. Wow, I didn't wow. know that. Yeah, and then they got Peter Dinklage to do a voice, and then they scrapped him <laughs> because people hated it for some reason. It was bad. I'm like, he's a robot. What? What's What's wrong? <laughs> he, it sounds like he did a good job if he was being monotone. It was. It was. It was rough. <laughs> Not all robots can be Cortana. I mean, come on. Yeah, but can that's fair. Every, all, every robot should be like Alan Tudyk's robot from Rogue One because that that thing yes. is awesome. Oh, they should all be K two. K two is the best. That, I could not. Remember, I was trying to remember that name like earlier today or yesterday. Just think, or think Queso every time you think of the robot, yeah. and it'll come to you. K two. Why would I associate Queso with the robot? Why wouldn't I just? If I have to remember Queso, why not just remember K two S O? Just think it's, like R2. It's R2. K2, R2. Okay, K2, R2. Got it. Queso. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, they got to keep the, the, the rights to, to Destiny. Like, what is what is Activision thinking in this? Does anybody have a, a thought? I think, I think they're thinking, finally, we don't have to pay for the stupid promotion for those dumb fucking games that make us no money. <laughs> <laughs> no money? I mean, I always hear people talking about these games all the time. That's the thing. But, like... What what they've put out, what they want to make for Destiny is essentially like a living service game. So like, not not the same thing, but like a Warframe, which is 100% free to play and lives solely on its microtransactions, or Fortnite and different things like that. Something where it's one base game and they just continuously put out content for that stuff. But they they haven't been able to live that marketing. Like you need to do that now. Like essentially you have to put your game out for little to no money and then just consistently put out things that people want to pay money for. I've probably put a solid $45 into Fortnite at this point. And that's ridiculous. I don't even play shooters, but I play this game, this game with my friends and every once in a while they put out a guy who has like a cool Kitsune mask and neon colors on them. And I want to spend $15 to buy it. (laughs) So I just think, okay. I think it's just Activision's part saying like, yeah, we don't want to keep up with this thing. Like, we're not going to devote any time to it. Because Bungie was, you know, basically maintaining Destiny themselves, you know, Mm -hmm. running the servers, uh, doing the patches and everything. And with them gone, who's Activision going to trust to keep that going? I I don't think they even want to consider bothering with that portion of it. There's like, if you just take them, whatever. Yeah, no, I I think that's fair. I, like I I agree. Like the upkeep of the stuff, if it's not them, like if it's not Bungie actively doing their best to try to maintain this thing, they're not gonna care. I think the the fact is that they they got two games with them out of this stuff. They got to come out of the tail end of Destiny One, and then in Destiny Two, and make a little bit of money, but got to see essentially that it's not profitable. It's like like. Essentially, these people that made Halo, that was this like gangbusters game. It's like this person that you always wanted to date in high school or whatever, and you guys finally you finally date the 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 hot girl from high school, and you realize, oh hey, maybe this isn't so great. <laughs> and so now they've dropped their relationship. Wow, right in the fields. <laughs> uh, all right, our last two stories have to have to do with uh, Paramount properties we got the star trek 
world, the the new Kelvin timeline. Star Trek Four reportedly shelved by Paramount. They're not going to make that movie. There was a lot of talk in the past, the past year, about Chris Pine coming back and then not coming back, and then uh, Chris Hemsworth, who played his father, um, George, George uh, Harrison. Nope, it's uh, Kirk. Captain Kirk, so George Kirk in the first movie, uh, coming back in this one, and then Chris Hemsworth also is pulled out at, at one point. So it sounds like Star Trek Four is definitely shelved. They they don't know what to do with that storyline at the moment. However, what's really killing it is that Star Trek uh, Discovery show on CBS All Access. They are getting their another. Sh- they we reported it before, but they're getting the Jean Luc Picard TV show, and this is this. The new news that came out about that is that the John Picard show will take place in the Kelvin universe that was set up by the 2009 movie, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a, des- a drastically altered Jean Luc Picard from what we know from Next Generation and those movies that followed that, because it will be he what was it what does it say it says something about how after the Rom- he's affected after the the Romulan Empire is dissolved exactly so any speculation on that I'm not the biggest knowledgeable person on Star Trek but. So does this mean we don't get the Dominion War? That stuff never happened in this one, or? Oh, wow. Yeah, I think I think a bunch of the other things with the Romulan Empire having gone away. I mean, oh man, uh, I don't want to show like massive nerd stuff and go too too deep in it, but like <laughs> it, that that like, essentially like wipes out tons of like story that was established because the no, you know what? That's that's a lot of stuff to go into. It changes everything. It's going to be <laughs> different. So we're going to get a different take on Captain Picard. He's going to be flexing his acting by now being like probably what I'm taking from it is probably going to be a darker take on the character. Oh, yeah. He's going to be That's all we're doing maybe now. more like war hungry. Like if you ever watch the Red Letter Media reviews of the Star Trek, the next generation movies, he makes a, well, the guy makes a really big distinction between TV show Picard and movie Picard. It's true. and um, Well, you could say the same thing about Kirk from the movies and the TV show. Well, this one is really markedly different, though, because in the in the He's show... dark. Yeah, Picard was always the diplomat, always yeah, uh, rational. And yet in the movies, he was like a wannabe action hero that was always after, like, you know, revenge and, like, no mercy and What? First contact, he's not like that. <laughs> So w- one of the things for it is just that, kill like, other people in cold blood or Borgs in cold blood that they know they could save. He was like, can they them save them though? Yes, yeah, they he, saved he him. came back from it. He yeah, was but that, he wasn't even seven that, of nine. But was he that long? No, no, no he, he wasn't, was he fully wasn't there Borg that long, But seven of nine was. Yeah, but does he know about seven of nine? I mean, I, they have to. Yeah, they, they they came in contact, or they were like actively sending messages back. Yeah, for Voyager, a while there in Voyager. Voyager was back by uh by the time Nemesis came around. Yeah, mm-hmm. but okay, I I don't know, I I don't I don't know enough about the world, but fair <laughs> enough. I mean, I I felt like in in First Contact, you, you you've come to realize that some of those guys have been connected for way too long that you couldn't be, they couldn't be saved. No, they they were able to rehabilitate like Borgs no matter how long. And Look at Hugh. <laughs> I don't know who that is. That's a deep cut joke for the Star Trek fans out there. Yay! <laughs> no, they, um, it was, no, they just yeah. I, I just I think I think that the differences between the things 
is the, because of the, the the warring sides of Picard in general. Like he's he's a complex character. When he was younger, he was more brash and everything. Uh, as he got older, he like you said, he became more diplomatic. But those other things are still inside of him. So I think that there's grounds to, to like explore those things. But at the end of the day, it's still not going to be the kind of person that most people recognize that character as being. So the 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 dissolve of the Romulan Empire happens because the the it was Romulans that attacked um or the Romulans that came back in time yeah uh, yeah R- Romulus got destroyed and I think that they were saying that the whole reason that they were doing it if I remember correctly because I don't remember those movies very well the whole reason they were doing that was to stop something or change something that happened to weaken the Romulan Empire and so they basically sent like like what's it what was Romulus which real original name for that um <laughs> he he went back and did his whole thing with the drill okay yeah and uh, he would have been the leader that would have spearheaded the uprising oh wasn't his name the, nero nero yeah the one played by eric banna yeah oh shit yeah i don't know it's been too fucking long <laughs> no it's fine it's it's so yeah so after the 2009 movie the romulan empire dissolves we get a different timeline the kelvin timeline as named by J.J. Abrams because his grandfather's last name was Kelvin and a lot of the things he does have the, has the name Kelvin in, like the Kelvin Ridge, Ridges in uh, The Force Awakens. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and Slusho. Well, yeah, he always has Slusho <laughs> and stuff in there. Uh, all right. You have anything else to say about Star Trek? Um, no. I've, I've lost a lot of interest in it. I've... I've I like what people say that the Orville is doing Star Trek better than Star Trek is doing Star Trek these days. I wouldn't say that, but I would say that (laughs) I would say that Seth MacFarlane was a huge fan of the next generation. He's like, I want to make my own show. So I'm making the next generation with blackjacks and hookers (laughs) with blackjack. And it definitely has those things. (laughs) Like I love that show. You know what? I don't need the Star Trek. (laughs) (laughs) I, I honestly love that show. I think it's, it's, it's very clever writing by using the tropes that, we're definitely there in next generation. The very, very few episodes that I've watched, but it, it, I think a lot of people were expecting the, the TV version of what you saw in galaxy quest, like the actual show and they didn't get that. So they got upset, but we got a second season. So that's cool. I don't think the Orville is going anywhere. I think it's going to be the, the cult classic one that everyone's always like, ah, bring it back. And then if it goes off of Fox later, it'll come back up on some streaming service or whatever. (laughs) Well, I mean, Seth MacFarlane has a lot of shows on on Fox and well, yeah, and definitely That's his whole his whole thing. <laughs> Family Guy was like the first one that they got rid of, and everybody clamored for it to bring it back. And it was what five years later they brought it back, or something yeah. longer. It was it really that long? It Holy was, crap! It was a long time for it when it came back. But. Yeah, it was like canceled around two thousand two thousand one, and then it came back around two thousand six or seven. I remember. Yeah, that's crazy. The journey for that show is nuts because he originally pitched that to like Cartoon Network even. Oh, really? Yeah, there, there's some animation from it out there. It's weird. <laughs> it was rough. It was rough. Yeah. All right. Castle Rock Season 1, Episode 9. We're getting to it an hour later, but <laughs> definitely we had a lot of news to get to. Uh, I don't know. I, I loved this episode. It was definitely a whole bunch of info drop, like uh, John said, and... Uh, it definitely puts it the show in a different light than what we had been speculating up to this point. Uh, like Steven said, doesn't but, mean we're wrong still just it's shaping up a little differently. Well, I think it definitely goes away from the spiritual side of stuff. 
and does it goes. Really, though? I think it goes more. It does. It goes drastically more sci-fi. It's more of the Dark Tower series with okay. the whole multi yeah. multiverse going on Which stuff. I think it's actually directly Dark Tower stuff. Do you? Yeah, that's interesting. Why? Because like with that whole um, like the universe tear thing, mm-hmm. I think that actually is linking all of that stuff. That's interesting because there was there was tar- talks of a dark Dark Tower TV show that was supposed to be linked to that Dark Tower movie that just did not do well uh, with Idris Elba. So mm-hmm. I wonder if they at at one point in time there was talks of these two shows being connected. I don't know about that. I think that this is just the crux of all of the Stephen King things. This is how they all tie together. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we come to find so the beginning of the episode. We see what we know as the kid, played by yeah. Bill Skarsgård. He's a happy, uh, healthy boy. He's very healthy. He looks just fine. He's running on a bridge in a normal city and stuff like that. And very com- professional. Okay. Cut, <laughs> cut to it. Essentially, you find out that he is also Henry Deaver. So when he first they first asked him his name in this show, and he said Henry Deaver, yep. it was yep. not wrong. He was not yep. s- just saying the other name. Which I love. I, that's one thing that I do love about that. <laughs> Which is completely crazy because what we saw was Lacey said, uh, when they find you, and they will find you, just tell them that, uh, to, that you're looking for Henry Deaver or something like that, right? Yeah. So uh, that you want Henry Deaver. And we just thought that, that was because he was a lawyer. Now we come to find out what we fall, saw in the last episode when when – the kid <laughs> white Henry Deaver said, uh, <laughs> I wish I'd never let you out of that cage. Wait, we'll call him Henry and Hank Deaver. So which one's Hank? Hank is the kid. Which oh, one's the kid? So Bill. Yeah. Okay. So Hank, yeah, Hank Deaver, Hank Deaver says to Henry Deaver, I wish I never let you out of that cage. I came to the speculation that, uh, they caught the, they, they caught Henry as a kid because, uh, he was the actual devil, and he replaced him in the cage, and that's why shit all went weird. But mm-hmm. now we just know is he's, he's from a different dimension. He let Henry out of the cage, and uh, they he Henry took him took Hank to his dimension, which now, is crazy. I want to jump into we're, we're gonna go right into it, and probably gonna talk about the episode out of order because I don't want to forget this one point. Okay, but we keep getting that. The storyline of like in both of these dimensions, somebody keeps asking for a sign, and we keep hearing this thing about how they they can hear the voice of God if they, you know, go to the woods. So, and these two parallel universes or whatever's going on here, somebody told one of the characters that they need to lock this one person up. And if we're going into the, a slightly more sci-fi version, that means that there really is somebody talking to these people that's basically telling them, hey, this person needs to be stored somewhere away from everyone, just kind of put away um, without saying it because they are extra-dimensional or interdimensional travelers, essentially. So mm-hmm. somebody up above, on like a Mothman God level, is seeing all of this happening and is saying, hey, you, you're my vessel now. I want you to do this. Keep this person imprisoned. Just do it. Don't ask questions. So now that's two people, Lacey and Reverend Deaver, that have been doing this. And I am really intrigued as to why. I'm really psyched about this episode, by the way. This is the first time I feel excited to talk about this show since we started. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, oh, that's right. I didn't tell my story about 
uh, Fat Man Beyond. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Mark Bernard, and I, I'm sorry to cut you off if you're about to say something, Stephen. No. But okay. Mark Bernard, who is one of the writers in the show, uh, is the co-host to Fat Man Beyond with Kevin Smith. I had the opportunity to go see them do a taping of Fat Man Beyond in LA, in Hollywood at the Scum and Villainy Cantina. It was a great time, but he did talk a little bit about uh, Castle Rock. Ooh. And uh, one, he was nominated for a Writers Guild Award for his episode of uh, Castle Rock or as part of Castle Rock. I don't know if specifically his That's episode. Awesome. Uh, but then he also talked about uh, the episode The Queen, which we all kind of also really enjoyed because it was a very different episode and it was story- storytelling was different. Yeah. But we also had a lot of speculation about what that episode meant and how, because it, it's very much jumps around in time, a little bit quantum leapish because she stays the same age, even though she's being depicted in different ages. Mm-hmm. He said that it's not so much a time travel thing. It is literally just a representation of what dementia feels like to people with the affliction okay so yes those those game pieces are definitely a way to anchor her or bring her back so that she knows you know this is a memory or this is not a memory kind of thing it wasn't shown that way in the episode it's though. not shown that's that how way. they pitch it but it's not what happened <laughs> i mean that would that's that's literally the difference between the writer and the director though right I mean, yeah, it's true. That's true. It's, See, you you can't. Who's to say that maybe in a different dimension, she didn't do the same thing, so she'd be finding them still? I mean, that's entirely possible. It's true. She could have had like eight, like eight million pieces that she's perceiving, and it doesn't matter what we're seeing on our end. I don't know. So, <clears throat> I mean, that does bring us to this episode because she does. Uh, we find out that in this other dimension, in Hank's dimension, uh, his mother, who is. Also, uh, that lady. What's what's Sissy Spacek? Yeah, Sissy Spacek's character's name, Ruth. Ruth Deaver also has dementia, uh, and that spurned him into becoming a doctor who specializes in dementia. Whereas Henry Deaver went became a lawyer, a death row lawyer, a death row lawyer. I wonder why that is. Because he's the embodiment of death. Okay, so we have. I have. We both have. Or I don't know if we both have a theory on that, but I had a theory on that because of the whole. Um, when we see Henry in Hank's dimension gets put in the hospital, uh, death followed him there too. Now we're coming. The idea is that if you're in the wrong dimension, the universe tries to connect, correct it. And death kind of is the way to correct things. And that's why people are dying. So when Hank is in Henry's dimension, people die around Hank. And when Henry is in Hank's dimension, people die around Henry. Um, well, the question, what is the stuff, the two events that you're trying, or the event that you're trying to talk about is the stuff in the mental institution? Yes. That happens kind of in both. No, you're absolutely right. But with each of the different characters. Right. Well, that's that's my question, though. It's not like, so he said, he, the, the thing that he says in there is that uh, a person in there got too close to him. Right. But so as- are, the, are these actually the characters, like kind of like occupying the same space in the two different universes and then shit goes down. I, I think I, I think that's kind of like it's the universe essentially saying, hey, there's two Henry Deavers here and or at least this person is not supposed to exist in this world. So it's it's trying to compensate, but it's overcompensating and killing people around him. 
At least that's I how I, I see it. I don't know if I go for that one. That's fine. Because like, it's for it's, me. It's like no, don't get me wrong. Like we're, we're all theorizing here and like spitballing. <laughs> uh, I I just think like it's for me. It's kind of like if you drew like the same the same town on like two pieces of like rice paper or whatever, and then like laid them over each other. Uh-huh. Essentially, they could both go wherever they want in the in that place, and it would be no issue until they like occupy like the same point where you see the two the two dots in the same space. Right. Then everything goes wrong. Okay. To me, I I I, I like that theory too. I see it as the this episode reminded me a lot of Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko has a lot of themes about alternate uh, or pocket dimensions and a bunch of death happening that leads to essentially one of the dimensions dissolving to make room for just the one true path, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I got a lot of vibes like that from this episode where it's like, oh, when something goes out of its time or place and kind of similar to uh, the Spider-Verse where the Spider-Men that yeah. didn't belong in that one dimension, their molecules kept... Glitching. Uh, yeah, glitching, spazzing out because they didn't belong there. I feel mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's it's the universe or it's the town's way of trying to correct it. And then one of my favorite parts of the episode was uh, at some point, the young Henry Deaver, we could, I guess we could say that, young Henry Deaver. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Young Henry Deaver uh, is basically makes his way to the woods and he starts to see the different dimensions, apparently. Uh, yeah. They'd start, they're there at night. But then uh, when Molly catches up to him and touches him, she sees what he can see, which is it's actually daytime and it's snowy, I believe. Yeah. And he sees, first they see a vision of this one girl who early on in the episode, you hear her story that she like basically chopped up for family for food, like to eat or something. Yeah, we, we saw that in, they talked about that tangentially in one of the other episodes. Yeah. So the history still exists. The history of both universes are are the same. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, that was the first one you see, and as they run deeper into the woods, it looks like, you know, the sky looks kind of weird. The way that the sun looks, it doesn't really look like the sun. It just looks like a big blotch of light in the sky. I think that's the rip. That's the, yeah, that's I, the, yeah, I think that's the, like the dimensional warping kind of thing. And, um, yeah, you see a bunch of birds flying around, and then you start seeing other events also that happened in this area, like some prisoners that were escaping from, like, some guards with dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody just kind of randomly slitting their wrist against a tree. Uh, that crazy girl with the big knife again. And that's when uh, Molly gets shot accidentally, I guess. Yeah, I think so. It's weird the way that that one happens. Um, again, since I'm watching this one from here, I got to look at some different stuff. Okay. Like, um, like, like in between to kind of like see what some different meanings and stuff can be, which is very nice with this show, honestly. Um, so one of the things for that is that it might have actually been her being shot by the like that warden kind of guy who's tracking down the the prisoners. Oh, because she kind of existed in both places at the same time. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about because that. Because it's dimensional area. That is pretty cool. That's a good point. Yeah, because like he said, like I just shot a warning shot, meaning the deputy. Um, yeah. That- but you do hear about those stories in real life that people shoot a bullet into the air, not realizing that it has to come back down. Well, yeah, it's like it's just, it's just like he fired it up and she got like shot like through the yeah. chest. No, that's that's totally true too. Which just could still be a thing because of the dimensional warping. I don't know. Yeah, and then as she's laying dying on the ground, she somehow transfers her power into Bill Skarsgård. Hank. Hank. We're calling him Hank. Or yeah, old Bill. <laughs> yeah, Hank. <laughs> and. Uh, so then he starts seeing 
the like through the the different dimensions and starts chasing after Henry, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yep, we're calling him Henry. Okay, and uh, he gets lost, and then we cut to now. It's basically the end of the previous episode when he first started telling Molly that she died in the woods. Yeah, and just which is cool. Catches it all up. He says, "I was out there for for days, just trying Living to find days. my way back, or whatever." And, and then we don't know exactly what else happens from there. I'm assuming that that's when Lacey finds him. Yeah, well, he does say that. He says that he walked around for, he, he said he walked around for a few days trying to figure out why the, everything looked weird, and then Lacey grabbed him. Yeah, because Lacey heard the voice that told him to uh, lock the devil in the basement. So that brought me to another thing, is that if there is a voice that you were talking about that's telling him, you know, telling Lacey in Henry's world and uh, Deaver in um, Hank's world, <laughs> they know that they, that, the, the the universe the voice knows that that person has to be locked away because it's ca- either if it go along with my theory it's going to be causing havoc mm. anywhere he goes not so much that he's the devil or maybe the voice just had no better way of describing what what what's going to happen but it's that that kind of thing or the voice actually wants the havoc that having somebody from outside the that dimension will cause i go for that one but why I, why I, tell them they feel like they cause each other then? I mean, I guess we have one more episode to find out. <laughs> so, I mean, this is also interesting because not only is it interdimensional stuff, but it's also time travel because yeah, uh, we get the impression that Henry was stuck in Hank's world for roughly 27 years also. The, yes. point, the point where Ruth takes um, uh, young Hank away because she didn't make that decision in Henry's world, but she does make that decision in Hank's world. We we can actually we we know the amount of time. Oh, what was it? Um, it's it's twenty seven years. Okay, um, we so, know it because of those tapes. Okay, he says that like oh, this many weeks, right. and it nets out to twenty seven years. Okay, that that makes sense because the twenty seven with the whole Pennywise and yep, Stephen yep, King yeah. world. Uh, so he he obviously didn't age because apparently if you're from another dimension you don't age in someone else's dimension because you don't belong there. So, I gotta hightail it to someone else's universe right now, <laughs> which is also what happened with Hank in Henry's universe. You know, as we we come we came to find out earlier, apparently. In the season. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't sit here to tell you anything that I know anything about string theory and multiverses and stuff like that, but <laughs> it's it's definitely I think that's an interesting aspect of it and goes towards your Donnie Darko uh, explanation. But obviously, did Henry? black out all that time that he spent in the other universe i don't think that so we're, ta- we're talking henry deaver like little black kid because like, he went missing for nine days we we know that he went missing for nine days in, during the winter he was found on the on the 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 pond the frozen pond by mm-hmm. by pangborn which we saw again in this episode but he says he never remembers what happened in that nine eight those nine days we now know that it was actually 27 years from him. He was just stuck in a cage. I don't think that's what that was. What do you mean? I don't, I don't think that... I don't think that he was over there and he now came back or whatever. I, still, I don't think that's how that works. We need a chart to like plot this so, out. <laughs> like, it, like I'm trying to get, get what you're saying. So you're saying that he spent 27 years over there and then now he came back in that time that was supposed to be those several days. Yes. Yeah. Because I don't he, think it, 
he I, went, I don't think I don't think it's that. I think that like the the one who belonged here, or whatever, was like or the one in like either universe or whatever. In both universes, there are both people. Okay. And then their perspective versions got like swapped. So you're mark. you're saying there's a a young black kid that didn't get adopted by the Devers that also exist in Henry's universe, and yeah. he now went over to Henry's universe to replace him. Yes. Okay. So did Henry or Reverend Deaver actually kill his son? Because because the thing is, is that Henry, while being uh, in, uh, in, interrogated by Hank and Molly say you know he's like we went to the woods i heard the voice i wasn't lying or at least that's what he tells reverend deaver you know i I wasn't lying like my mom usually says kind of thing and then that's when this stuff happened the the him getting transported i i don't know how to respond there there are so many threads right now (laughs) there is this this episode really cracks the show wide open yeah. <laughs> and it came so late too i was like man this should have come in a lot sooner just to kind of throw a curveball but see i i and you 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 brought it up saying that this they should have done it more like westworld where yeah. we would have had to piece it together like a zipper you know yeah from the beginning and uh i said this is more like you know i, I they're doing more of the lost uh, formula of just giving you a lot of shit, a lot of information at the very end. To I still like how Lost delved it out way more. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely did, but it had it. It knew that it was going to be doing like five seasons. I don't know if Cast Rock knew that they were going to get that. That one's true. I don't know. I just like when, when they finally brought up stuff in Lost, and they were like, "Oh, here's this guy. He lived under one of these hatches. He's got a boat." I was like, <laughs> "Oh, this is great." <laughs> I really hated what they did with the others on that show, though. I was like, "Why show them one way, and then reveal that that they're something completely different?" And the main guy wears a fake beard for no real reason. I was like, <laughs> "What is happening?" Like this, it, it, it evolved so. I think roughly. the the Dharma initiative of that show was the the part that really is like no one really understands what the hell they were doing and what the, any of that was about. Yeah, I feel, I feel like the Dharma Initiative, like they like changed. They, we're getting into a whole different thing. I just, like, they, they changed management halfway through in the Dharma Initiative, <laughs> and the new people who came in were like, "No, no, 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 no! Listen, we're gonna sell these giant tubs of mayo. People are gonna love it." And they <laughs> forgot about half of what was happening before. <laughs> All right, but so then going back to uh, Castle Rock, I mean, we see that. Uh, oh, that's what I was gonna bring up was that. Is Hank the actual blood son of Reverend Deaver and Ruth Deaver, as opposed to Henry, who is the adopted son? Because they never yes. say that in the in the, the this new dimension. I assume that he was going to be adopted in both. But they, so Hank um, Henry says that um, what's his name? Uh, his parents they lost a kid before. Oh, that's okay. true. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I don't remember that part. Yeah, he says that they lost a kid before they adopted him. Oh, okay. So yeah. then that, which also brought me, because I said it during the episode, is that why when um, Ruth sees the, what we were calling or Bill Skarsgård in Reverend Deaver's old clothes, he's she's like, oh, you look so much like him, like kind of thing. Like we very much was flashing back to Reverend Deaver in those clothes. Mm-hmm. It makes a lot of sense because it would have been him. But wouldn't you think that he would have been more? 
receptive to the person that looks just like his mother? Or do you think that's because he's been trapped in a cell for 27 years underneath a jail cell, underneath the prison? I think it definitely doesn't 27 help. years <laughs> really like gooed up his brain, I think. Agreed. So if, if my theory is right, or my speculation is right, that uh, Henry was stuck in Hank's world for 27 years, and when he went back, he doesn't remember any of it, and it was only nine days in their timeline. If Hank gets to go back to his dimension after all this is over, is it also going to be only nine days that he was missing? That's a solid question. My, my question for stuff, for things with Hank is, if he's not a bad guy, he's just Hank. You know, right? Uh, and by all accounts, when we see him in this other world, an upstanding citizen and everything. What the fuck happened with that guy in the prison? <laughs> That's, I mean, once again, he was super cancer. Did he do this to him, or was he just like <laughs> he just touched him and like he's just a massive tumor carrier? <laughs> well, we they made it a point that we know that if you touch Hank, you're gonna end up dying. Yeah. Same, same thing happened to Molly when she touched Henry, young Henry. She ends up dying no more than an hour later, being shot, whatever. So Mysteriously shot. Once again, if you touch a person <laughs> from another dimension, it it doesn't work out well for you. I feel like we ha- the only person who lives outside of that is, like, Jackie Torrance 100% touched him in some way, shape, or form. But we didn't Even know, if that we was don't just know that. them touching hands as she, like, passed him the, the joint no, or whatever Maybe that's that why they edited that episode so weirdly where we don't see the, the jumps in story because they don't want to show that they they Mm -hmm. we need to get around them touching um so let's just not even bother showing it like it's just i'm i need to know (laughs) (laughs) i think we're going to i think we'll find out i honestly feel also feel like uh jane levy was heavily publicized being in this show um and she's barely in the show and at this point i have no idea what what purpose her character serves I think they they brought her back around to do something huge after her being gone for a couple episodes, basically. To, so I feel like they're setting her up for something huge next episode. The, yeah. So what do you mean the huge thing? Like saving um, Henry, but with the axe thing? Or her, like, well, that that's what happened in the last episode that was huge, yeah. yeah. That was her, like, her shiny like she, moment. Yeah. 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 <laughs> God dang it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, like, um, it's just like, I, I feel like from there forward, like she was gone for so long and they established her as a character before, but she was so present. She was so very present and then she was just gone. So she has to do something huge in the next episode, whether that means that she's like the only person who doesn't exist in both or some such thing. I don't know. Well, they did mention that there was a couple that was like prospecting for properties as well, like macabre properties. So they didn't specifically state it, but it sounds like the same couple is over in this universe as well. That's true. Looking for uh, houses for their bed and breakfast. Was it murder bed and breakfast? That's what we call it. Murder Airbnb or murder B&B. Murder (laughs) B&B. Yeah. No, I mean, it's... I I feel like she definitely has to have a bigger role in the last episode of the season or else mm-hmm. it seems like it was a very big mislead to heavily publicize that she was in the show. Was it look at Tandy Newton in Solo? Like she didn't do anything in there. So you're you're absolutely right. Stunt casting. <laughs> but I mean, in, in, I mean, she's obviously coming off a very hit show with Westworld. So it's like, yeah, she's in this show. Come Or she's in the movie. Come check us out kind of thing too. But Jane Levy's not in anything big that would bring I mean, her that's over. true yeah i mean sissy spacek is the is the big name i would assume at this point 
I think she won an award actually for her time in this first season, like a, like a big award. I forget Sissy? what it was. Sissy or Jane huh? Levy? Uh, Sissy's basic. Okay. I think she got like some like one of those like like mantelpiece awards. Oh, yeah, okay. I think that it's like solo episode of hers was recognized for something, which yeah. makes absolute sense. Okay, uh, like we said, there's a lot happened in this episode. Is there more that you want to talk about? Is there anything else that you want to dive into? I think that the the thing that people are hearing um, from us. No. Um, oh, you mean in, the characters? The forest, the, what, what what is it called? Shit. The schism. Schisma. Yeah. Thank you. Schisma. Um, schisma. Uh, yeah, like that that thing that they're hearing. I think that's actually. Pennywise. That's actually the the universe warping thing. I think that these are people who are just like a little more attuned, attuned to it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was I was thinking too. They they can actually hear that there's a tear there, so it's going away from a god thing and just more of a metaphysical thing. Yeah, and then one person who just happens to have some like fucked up, super like religious view of the thing is just like, oh, it's God, it's God talking to me. It's like, no, dude, you just put some earplugs in and maybe you don't go towards the forest sometimes. <laughs> but it's obviously also like, uh, it's 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 like uh, pigeons, right? Homing pigeons that they use for me- measuring or uh, messaging stuff. Like they are drawn to that thing just because of what's in them. So that's kind of the same thing that's happening here, I would assume. Well, I like how at one point, um, Reverend Deaver in one of his messages states that he realized that he wasn't praying, he was wishing for something. And Who is it that fulfills wishes? Yeah, it's the devil, and like the devil is... Uh, yeah, but see, that once again, that's he's a reverend, and he's... <laughs> It's, he's it's, putting a lot of bias into it's that. It's how he's rationalizing everything. Yeah, but yeah it's, it sounds like he understood that uh, there was some malintent with the commands he was being given of imprisoning the child, which is why I think he ended up killing himself. Probably why Lacey ended up killing himself, too, because I think at some point oh, he says he started uh, doubting his uh, the message he was receiving to be doing mm-hmm. what he was doing. So does it take exactly 27 years for you to start to doubt yourself to the point you want to, you end up killing yourself? I mean, that's when Pennywise comes back. Is there a connection? It's the Stephen King multiverse, I yeah, would imagine. But it, I just meant, is there a connection? Well, actually, I did kind of feel like there might have been a connection with, uh, like I said, that big ball of light in the sky. It wasn't really like round. It was just a big splotch. Mm-hmm. Uh, it reminded me a little bit of the idea of the deadlights, which is something that's very intrinsic to Pennywise. That's true. Because he's supposed to be like an extra dimensional being. Um, and hmm. like if you look into the real Pennywise, he's essentially like a formless ball of like they call it the deadlights, but it's really hard to visualize what that means because... Uh, it's not really that doesn't mean anything in actuality yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah so it, it's you know in in the in the two movies in the past they've represented it as basically just being really bright light coming from him but it could also be just like a void that's just difficult to describe and john didn't you also say it, it there's some reminiscent of uh, uh langoliers or yeah with the whole being out of your own time uh, essentially, you're not part of the world, so things don't affect you as much, um, and that seems to be what's happening with the, you know, with the people that Whichever are outside character. of their, yeah, yeah, that's why they're not aging, um, that's why they seem to have these uh, metaphysical powers that we don't seem to have a full understanding of yet, but mm-hmm. I think it's all related. I think it's um, the, um, the Langoliers basically are the creatures that devour time, or, well, time and space, technically, Um after the present, it, it's the Langoliers is a really weird movie. 
<laughs> but I, I love the concept. I really love the concept because it's also very similar to things like the Upside Down for me in Stranger Things with mm-hmm. uh, the Demogorgons being kind of Langolier-like, including having the same shape of head. So I feel like all of the death that happens around the people who are from a different dimension is a sort of Langolier-type effect or presence trying to clean up the mess that they're creating by being somewhere they don't belong. That's fair. Uh, all right. I don't know. It's it, We're definitely going to be excited for the last episode, it sounds like. just Even if it's just to get some even ideas. Even if it's just to end it. Yeah. <laughs> just to be like, okay, this is what it was kind of thing. But we know that they, they, they are approved for a second season. They're starting filming second season coming up here in the next couple months. So... Who I'm going to be so mad with it when at the end of next week's episode, nothing else changes and we still have no fucking answers. Hey, <laughs> that's a possibility, too. As long as they include two words in it, maximum overdrive. <laughs> oh, my God. The appliances start to come to life. And Green Goblin. And then that'll bring in the Marvel Universe. And stop. Stephen stop King. right now. <laughs> okay. So while we've been talking about this episode, a new teaser for the Game of Thrones was dropped. Uh, would you guys like to watch that? Real quick. Let's do so. And yeah. see what that has to do. Okay. Game of Thrones season eight official teaser Crips of Winterfell. Oh, I'm excited. Did you start it yet? April 14th. Uh, I can go ahead and start it. Okay. I'll meet you guys so for So we got uh, Kid Harrington, which is Jon Snow, walking around with... Uh, oh, he knocked the feather off Lyanna's uh, crypt. Oh, there you go. Knocked the feather off Lyanna's crypt. He's He's got a torch. He's walking around underneath Winterfell, right? Yeah. There's uh, Sansa. Sansa, oh, she's going to meet him down there? Are they having a meeting? Oh, it sounds like that was uh, Caitlyn talking. And no, there's Arya walking around too. Um, oh, we got Sean Bean talking. Yeah. <laughs> so they all converge. So it's the three Starks and looks like they're waiting on another person. They're all oh. going somewhere. Is it Bran? Is, shouldn't Bran be around here somewhere? Oh, they've seen statues of themselves. Yeah. Oh. That's crazy. I mean, everything else, everybody else has been people that died. Winter. Technically, Jon Snow did die also. Hey, this is true. Oh, oh here comes the, the freeze. They each got their Valyrian swords out. Do they each have a Valyrian sword? Well, she has a dagger. When did? What, what sword does Sansa have? Oh no, not Sansa. Oh, just so just Jon Snow and just uh, Arya. Yeah, that's it, Arya. <laughs> so okay, so judging from the things that that we've seen in the promotional material so far, and in case anyone is avoiding anything from promotional materials, this is 100% after we've already talked about a little bit of spoiler warning for you guys. I think that is after they've already welcomed um, uh, Daenerys into Winterfell. Oh, okay. I think that they made these statues, and they're going to go ahead and kill them all three of them you think is gonna die I, well, I think that's what they plan on doing whether they end up dead or not i don't know uh oh okay i see what you're saying yeah i, I get what you're saying what do you take from this john that was very interesting because they all passed by somebody very important to them uh, who john, did aria pass by uh well i understand sansa went by uh caitlin right yes and john went by um, liana oh his mother yes but he also went by um, Sean Bean. Sean Bean. Ned Stark. Yeah, Ned Stark. Uh, Why who, could I not think of Ned? Who did she, Who did Arya pass by? Did she just kind of keep walking without? Do you remember seeing anybody? 
Steven? No, I didn't catch anything for that. I didn't but see you anything. know what? At the end of the day, Arya, she's by herself. She's her. That's true. She, she is true. That she's is no very one. true. Yeah, she's... she's Okay, well, I mean, uh, does it build up your anticipation for the season Hell anymore? Yeah, it does. Any, more than it already was? I'm, like, super stoked. Yeah, I can't wait to... Any little bit that they start, like, trickling out, I'm going to be, like, eating it up. <laughs> Steven? I haven't watched the show since, like, a few episodes into season one. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> have you read the books? I'm no, I'm not a fan. <laughs> you understand this is a podcast that's about Game of Thrones, right? I, I, you, it's not my fault you guys invited me on here. It was an oversight. <laughs> you guys didn't do a background check at all. I did not do the background check. I don't know. What was I thinking? This credentials don't check out. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm going to be excited to hear what he... Because he's being dropped in on the last season. I don't want you to watch anything before this show, before this season Wait. comes up. So is that gonna happen? Am I gonna watch it then? Yes, you're, you're gonna you're, you're gonna, gonna watch have this. To watch it. You're gonna watch the season, but you can't watch as, anything else. You can't watch anything prior. We're just gonna be like, what did you think about what's going? On? I hopefully you're just like I'm lost completely. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm aware of plenty of things from it because I still have the internet. And I'm still curious. And you definitely uh, you fooled me with just talking about this teaser trailer right now. So <laughs> you sounded like you knew what the hell you were talking about. <laughs> I, st- I still follow things because just th- like stuff is interesting in general and i like political intrigue uh, so. that's definitely what this is so. <laughs> uh, and it also has ice zombies and dragons yep it's true and it's boobs true. oh lots of boobs <laughs> <laughs> it has ice zombie dragons even <laughs> uh all right folks uh that was the episode for today very long one but john where can they find you on the internet i can be found at at Magic Bollocks on Twitter. And Steven? Uh, you can find me uh, starting up now, season two of Wizards and Webcams, the D&D show that we Twitch stream every single Friday at 7.30 uh, Arizona Mountain Standard Time. Uh, it's a great time, and I hope that you guys will all join me, myself, and I there. <laughs> all three of you? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, Tune in can- to find out more. Yeah, there you go. Definitely, definitely choose tune in for season two. Do, do people need to watch season one to no, catch up? No, everyone except for my character is a whole new character. My my character is the only holdover from season one to season two. Are you are you the bard to tell the story of the the previous adventuring party? Nope, nope. nope. Uh, uh, in a now like I don't know, probably two thousand something year old wizard who looks like he's twelve and <laughs> pop, popped out a riff naked. Hey, it sounds a lot like this show that we're talking about, Castle Rock, over here. Getting some ideas. Huh? <laughs> uh, okay, uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Mitchipedia, G-E-M, G-E-M standing for Geek Elite Media. You can find the rest of the Geek Elite Media tw- on Twitter at Geek Elite Media, at Geek Elite Media, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out our website, geekleapmedia.com, for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Media Network. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to geek, geek out. out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program. This podcast has been brought to you by Cuts by Candice. Candice Kiss is a hairstylist that listens to your needs and will work with you to get the right look for you. With 18 years of experience, Candace is the premier stylist that I trust with my look. And right now, if you mention this ad when you make an appointment from now until the end of February 2019 and give our promo code GEEKOUT, you will get 10% off your hair services. Follow Cuts by Candace on Facebook and Cuts underscore Candace on Instagram and start looking the best you you can.